everyone and welcome welcome back to the mastering the conscious feminine podcast i'm your host katie williams and on this podcast we talk about all things spirituality manifestation body image and so much more and we always have some amazing guests here on the podcast to talk to you guys about the fields that they work in, their journeys with spirituality, and so much more. So today we are having the spiritual empath on Instagram, Caroline, on here. She is also a psychic and energy healer, and she takes a very academic approach to spirituality. And it provides such a nice balance because we are... Um, always seeing the side of spirituality that is very airy and kind of imaginative and up in the sky and she takes a really great academic approach to all these things combining it with science as well so we are going to wait for her to join in here and in the meantime I want you guys to know that spirituality is something that is part of a lifestyle and not separate from us and that there is some really great balancing that we can use with spirituality to go about things in a really healthy way and so caroline is going to help us understand all these things today let's welcome when we get it up on here we always have technical difficulties on here with like the there we go <laughs> hi katie hi how are you good how are you thank you so much for having me thank you for being here i feel like i always say on here like here we go technical difficulties i click the button it it stays there for a minute but then always get it working so that's good um before we brought you on here it's talking about how you take a very academic approach to spirituality and that's something that we really really need in this community i feel like um especially being psychics and energy healers we need a nice practical approach to it sometimes so uh, did you always go about spirituality in this academic scientific way or was it a process of learning that brought you to this point Absolutely. So I grew up around a lot of spiritual teachings and mysticism and understanding the concept of intuition. And I also am an avid learner. Like I love academics. I love to read. I love to research. And I got to a point where I was like, I'm ready to teach all of this um, in terms of information I've accumulated in other lifetimes and remembered in this lifetime as well. So I would say I've always taken an academic approach to it through reading and writing and researching. And I realized when I joined the spiritual community and last, in, let's see, it was the summer of 2020, meaning like publicly, I was like, this is something that really is missing, that sense of order, that sense of structure, as well as helping people understand the mechanics of spirituality. So the spiritual science is something that started to come up more for me, as I do have more of a scientific background. I studied finance. I like archetypes, but I also was like, this is the way that humanity can really understand spirituality because... The, the way the community is now, it's, it's very out there, it's very uh, unstructured, and it's more connected to kind of just finding your own path. 
But with that, people are missing, what does it mean to be spiritual? How can I bring spirituality in my day-to-day -day life? Because as you were saying before, we're spiritual beings. Our life is spiritual. But we have to really take it down a notch and start to understand how spirituality comes into our physical bodies, how it relates to our mental bodies, and how it relates to our emotional bodies. So that's kind of how I started looking at it from this more scientific approach and wanted to teach it from that perspective as well. So that's a little bit about how I kind of got into it, just my personal background, as well as how I really want to share this information. Yeah, I love how you're using all this prior knowledge to really fuel all of your teachings today. Um, I feel like a lot of times, even with those who study, let's say, psychology, for example, feel very separated from those who study spirituality and vice versa. And like you were saying that you've also accumulated uh, this knowledge throughout lifetimes. Can you go into that concept of having multiple lifetimes? Um, and I know you speak a lot about metaphysics as well. Um, if this ties into it, I would love to hear all of it. Uh, and just how we go through lifetime to lifetime, why we choose those things and how we can really connect to those without feeling grounded or like we're not in the right place. Because I do see that a lot um, as a psychic as well. Uh, people getting into this field and just not wanting to be on earth when we actually chose to be here. Uh, so I would love to go into that. Absolutely. Well, you make such a great point that we chose to be here. You chose to be here. You are a sovereign soul. Your soul designed an incredible plan for you to come down onto earth and to fulfill a lot of tasks. Now it is up to you to decide how much of your karma you choose to actually work on because we are in a universe of free will, which is why teaching metaphysics and universal law is something that can be more pragmatic and practical for people to understand too. Like, what am I doing here and how can I make spirituality a practical part of my life? So the concept of incarnation it's complex yet it's simplified because from one perspective we are coming down to earth and to, to work on things in the universe earth is looked at as a school of mastery it is a school for the advanced and i'm always reminding people that too it is not supposed to be easy earth is a school for the advanced and what i mean by that is there are so many different planetary bodies so many different realms and star systems that we we spend incarnations on but also when we start to get into reincarnation is when we start to move out of the concept of time and this concept of linear time. So when we look at our earth past lives and a sense of what, what have I done on earth before? And I always remind people, start to think about those places that you're really drawn towards, whether it's based off the food, the culture, the climate, the languages, the people, because that can signify that you have spent a past lifetime there or if you have an impulse to travel to a certain place, that can also mean your soul wants you to go there to remember knowledge that you've done, accumulated in another lifetime. So we get reinitiated back into our gifts, back into our wisdom and knowledge, also through travel and traveling through the mind as well as and certain teachings. So back to the concept of earth, you come to earth and earth is in a very low dimension. So 
you can only really bring so much down that you remember. So most people come to earth and then they forget this. They either get trapped more in this material mind where they don't even conceptualize that there's life off earth or what the soul is, what the spirit is. Or, and this is where religion tried to come in as and help people understand that. But it became really dogmatic over the past few centuries, more than that, actually. So you come to earth to what? Learn how to apply knowledge. And that's why I, I tell people to really get the most out of this incarnation is to learn through your experiences because all of your challenges that you go through, all of your pain and suffering, those moments where you're so confused, that's your soul trying to get you over an obstacle. And capitalize on those experiences, go through those challenges, because ultimately people who come to earth are learning how to apply knowledge. And then learning how to apply knowledge also expands your skill set. And then you take those skill sets into other worlds as well. So your consciousness, though, is so, so big. And so there's parts of you that are also in other worlds right now. And this is where multidimensionality has become a really big term. But it it's there's still sort of a linear perspective on it and it's human consciousness is not really at a point collectively rather there's many people who understand what it means to be multi-dimensional and to have parts of ourselves in other worlds and and what psychics really do so overall take advantage of your experiences because earth is the place where you get your doctorate degree it's where you come down and you become a you're learning to become a master in many ways Mm -hmm. I love how you mentioned the other realms and the life that isn't here on earth. Uh, I don't know if you have channeled this as well, but I have channeled intuitively that the life in the other realms are either very high frequency or low frequency, and neither is our perception of good or bad. Right. But earth is the place where we choose to go, like you said, to learn and to grow uh, and that other realms are maybe even jealous of earth in some sense because we have things here that are not in other realms and uh, I also uh, feel intuitively that the other versions of ourselves in the other realms or other lives that aren't on earth are wanting to come here but like you said the overall human conscious collective is not so open to it yet because we don't really uh, understand anything other than our material world right now. So going back to the different multidimensional versions of ourselves, how can we know exactly like where we are, what we're doing in those other realms? I personally have not tried astral travel or anything like that. Uh, which I know is different than traveling here on Earth. But how can we start to approach that from uh, a place that is healthy and knowledgeable and won't uh, take us out of our human body, so to speak? Yeah, absolutely. I think people get drawn towards astral travel when they hear spirituality, especially in the more mainstream new age the concept of taking plant medicine and having out of body experiences. And the, the, the point of, so astral travel is something I will teach, something I do practice almost every day. I'm really um, passionate about understanding the mechanics of it and how it really works. 
ultimately why people astral travel is for many reasons because it really depends on your soul your soul signature your soul makeup where you go but if you're looking to explore other worlds in a sense of understanding what it means to connect with an, a future version of you or another part of you or um, i know the whole galactic consciousness has become really really big you have to really start to understand your earthly body first because when you start to expand your consciousness and you start to essentially uh, raise your frequency to be able to get to a point where you can have out-of-body experiences or go into the Akashic Records, you have to train your consciousness to do that. So if I was explaining this to someone who asked me what is astral travel or like I don't know anything about spirituality I would say it's really learning how to broaden your consciousness expand your consciousness to a point where you're observing yourself observing yourself and you get to a point where you know you're beyond your body and that specific moment where you know you are out of your body and somewhere else takes practice and it can take people lifetimes to understand and really grasp that concept so this is why I bring metaphysics into my teachings is because I start from a really really basic perspective in a sense of I I teach where I'm you don't need to know anything about spirituality because there's a really pragmatic way to understand what it means to leave your body what it means to have an out-of-body experience because all you're doing is you're essentially anchoring into a higher frequency but you have to train your physical body through your mental and emotional bodies to be able to raise your frequency to get to a point where you can start to connect with higher beings so this is where understanding concepts of like universal law, frequency matching, um, how to really just understanding the energetic body, you have so many different layers and how can you connect with other ones? The same thing if people want to connect with a guide, which is really just another aspect of you, um, you also have to raise your frequency because guides can only step down so far. So it starts within you as i always tell people because you have the power to be able you're, i mean we are such powerful beings and we're at a point in society and it's rather evolution where people forget how powerful they are so they gravitate towards spirituality to start to understand more of who they are what they are what they can do so astral travel is a way to um you know, astral travel and as well as remote viewing start to kind of come hand in hand. But before I would teach astral travel to anyone, I would really have them understand their psychic abilities first. Because if you, what happens is a lot of people take ayahuasca and they have an out-of-body experience, but they don't remember anything. And really the best way, the, the intention of having astral experiences is, is to be able to bring information down. This is what great channelers, great psychics do. They're bringing information into the earthly plane. And that is one of the most incredible rewarding things you could do is come up with innovative ideas and bring part of your soul's consciousness down onto earth from higher frequencies. Um, and that's what innovators do. That's what creatives do. They tap into other worlds. And even though they don't maybe consciously know they're doing it we all have the capabilities to do so yes and i love how you worded it bringing the information down to earth rather than going out here or over there and kind of fluttering around and not really knowing where exactly we are grabbing our information from and i remember at the beginning of my journey tapping into intuition i actually had a really strong gift and still do of communicating with people's unborn children. But when I first started, I had no clue like how to energetically protect myself. 
I was always feeling anxious. I was just out there. Like I had no clue what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I had to learn like, oh, I can't just uh, channel something and bring it, bring it down and then deliver it. I have to make sure that I'm going to the right source. I have to make sure that lower vibrational beings aren't coming into my energy or that I'm pulling something from a projected idea that really isn't my intuition. And I feel like that's a really fundamental part of psychic work is being within your frame. So in your teachings, how do you guide people to energetically protect protect themselves to make sure that they are putting up uh, strong boundaries and making sure that they are receiving the right information. It's such a great question and it's such an important concept that as more people come into spirituality to understand the mechanics of occult influences, esoterical laws and everything. And so I always say it starts within you in a sense of the more what happens is when you leave your body or you have any sort of higher spiritual experience, it can just be through sitting through meditation and you feel like your body's starting to move and you're having activations, understanding who you're connecting to is so fundamental. But the only way you're ever going to know who you're connecting to is by being able to recognize yourself first, because what happens is, is. I'll touch on this first. A common problem that happens is, is people try to leave their body and, and connect into the astral world and connect to other beings or just channel. Maybe they're really interested in just channeling energy. But what happens is they don't recognize their own energy signature. So then they connect with another being who they think is some um, god or ascended master or an angel or something. But really, it is a lower being masking itself. And because they don't recognize their own energy and you're always going where you go in other worlds is based off your frequency. So I educate people first on really understanding who you are. I go through so many different intricacies and complexities so you can really build up your soul body because like I mentioned before, you have all these different layers. And essentially when you go in other worlds, you're taking your astral body with you. So I teach a lot about what are your physical body is, what all the etheric layers are, what they all represent, how you can engage with them on the earthly plane, what the astral body is. So you really know who you are and you're building up a strong psychic defense system because other beings are going to recognize your resilience and your strength and your honor. Um, and so if you don't recognize who you are, it's most likely you're, you're going to get tricks. You're going to fall into false traps and illusions and everything. So in my teachings and in my courses, which I'm launching this week, I really discuss the scientific method of all of this is understanding your physical body, understanding your etheric body, understanding your astral body and everything and going into all of the complexities of the self because the same laws pertain in the physical world. So if you don't like the people you're attracting in your life, if you don't like the relationships that you have, well, you have to start working on yourself. You have to start adjusting your frequency. You start, have to start raising your frequency so you can bring more abundance into your life and joy and peace and fruitful relationships. So I'm always telling people this work really starts within you and I'm offering you a multitude of ways to get to know yourself. So say you get to a point where you want to have more spiritual experiences, you want to go into the astral world. Well, you have to know 
you're going. You have to be able to navigate this really complex universe that we have. And that is also something that I teach in my courses as well. I have the long lectures on the astral plane and the mechanics of how it works because it, it's, it's very easy for people to fall into traps and illusions and think they're connecting to a higher being or a spirit guide, but it's really a dark entity. And this is why people have psychic attacks or um, any sort of infiltration in their field. Yes, because I have also seen uh, those who go into psychic work and then express that they are getting attacked or that there's something demonic around them. And it just makes me think like, oh, is this really what happens when we go into psychic work? Is it because that person wasn't operating from the right place? And it's just... Uh, a lot of fear behind it uh, and obviously we want to approach spirituality from a very positive place and like you mentioned earlier there have been a lot of religious influences in the past few centuries that have kind of pulled us away from our connection to source god light whatever it is that we believe in and so can you describe the frequency of source of God of light. How do we know that we are receiving that? Uh, I know like as a psychic that there are multiple ways that I use. However, for the viewers and the listeners, where should they start in their connection to source? Absolutely. And I want to say one thing as well, share rather about protection is when you start to raise your frequency and want to connect with other aspects of you and you have psychic attacks psychic attacks it can also be initiations so this is where esoterica comes in a lot of understanding like if you feel you're having a lot of psychic attacks um, and your field is open those can also be initiations because sometimes uh, we create them in a way to mirror back to us our wounds and blind spots so we know wow i have a blind spot around maybe I'm letting too many people into my life who don't have my best and highest good, I need to start setting boundaries because that is also going to be mirrored to you in other worlds. So your frequencies really dictates where you go in other worlds. Um, so I just wanted to slide that in there too, because sometimes people go through these attacks, it's like, well, they're initiations because they're trying to get you into a higher frequency. You just have to find a way to transmute it. That's really interesting. I've never heard that perspective on it before. But yeah, lot of sense because in essence everything is a reflection so it totally resonates that those could also be initiations yes absolutely i've mentioned a few times our energetic signature is that our soul our consciousness is that just an overall makeup of who we are can you describe what that is absolutely so your soul signature i would say First, to provide a contrast. So you have your energy signature here on Earth in a sense of you're always oscillating at a frequency and it's always going between many different different frequencies depending on your mood, your environment, the food that you eat and what's going on in your life. Then you have your soul's consciousness, which is so incredibly massive and it's your soul's history in, in many ways as well. So your soul signature, and I'm sure you know this as an intuitive and a practicing one, you feel the energy of someone. If someone 
lot about what their soul strengths are um, or what they've done in other worlds. That's when you start to pick up on their signature, their gifts, um, who they are. Also, you can see their consciousness, meaning how many initiations they've passed as a soul, what the um, light to dark quotient is as well, what they're working on in this physical reality um, compared to what their soul is doing at large, because many people have these incredible souls where soul signatures, I should say, where they maybe they're masters or magicians, but they're not bringing it onto Earth because they're stuck in that earthly linear perspective where they're cycling through a lot of trauma and they're not working on themselves. So the soul signature, I would say, is more so what the highest part of the soul looks like. You know, are they really scientific and mechanical? Are they teachers? Are they healers? Like where have they been in other worlds? So it's feeling into the energy and really, it, just like we meet people here on earth and you have a, an impression, it's the same thing when you connect with another soul. You know, it's what's, what's their energy feel like? So, and back to your other question too about connecting to light and source and what that feels like. I think that's a really interesting question because if you are just starting to connect to spirit and you're figuring out, wow, I need to start meditating. I need to start bringing more peace into my life. I need to find a way to bring harmony into my day-to-day -day life. When you start to connect with spirit, it may shock you at first, depending on where you are in life you may be really depressed and you're trying to get better but all of a sudden you start to invite in your spirit which is a higher frequency it's light like you said it's light is also a technology and we have these energetic fields and when we start to inject light into it we're also going to see our pain come up and this is why people actually bypass this work and fall into false light or get scared to go into spirituality because your truth is going to be shown to you. So this is why the process has, the, the, I should say the most methodical way to go through this process really is to be gentle with yourself and start to get to know who you are here on earth. Understand your personality, understand what you like and don't like, understand your values, your belief systems, your preferences, your opinions, and then start to see what you wanna change and what you want to soften and then start to invite in the spirit. Um, I, I don't encourage people to just start to invite in the spirit because that can be really painful sometimes. It can be too much too soon. And this is actually why anxiety can happen is they start to really get their upper chakras stimulated and they're bringing in all this light, but they haven't done the grounding work so they don't know how to harness it down. So people fall into anxiety and depression and illusions and they have to take make sure they're balancing between grounding here on earth, working on their karma, having an earthly experience and then bringing in light. And, and this is where we're always figuring out what does it mean to listen to my spirit? Is it time for me to do some shadow work or not yet? Maybe I need to just let this play out. So there's art to it. And this is why the Eastern traditions of connecting heart are so important because people miss that. Yeah, there's just so many layers that go into it. And like you mentioned, a lot of people skip past the work of healing traumas and wounds because I know I avoided that for quite some time. But then once I did, it helped me to embody my gifts even more. And uh, also when you were talking about receiving, uh, receiving source, receiving light, I was actually thinking about earlier how 
we are taught how we can push something out to connect with source, such as praying or journaling, but we're often not taught how to receive the information. And that's part of the reason why I felt really called to ask you that question. Because like you said, when we connect with light, God, source energy, we see the ultimate truth. And that can be really, really intimidating. And a lot of people want to get into spirituality just to feel that enlightenment and that harmony but there's obviously always a polarity where there's low frequency there's positive frequency and vice versa uh so i love the fact that you mentioned that and really healing our own wounds and traumas uh also uh, i have a fascination with the akashic records mm-hmm. I have avoided going into it for a long time until like I know exactly what it is and how to tap into it because in my mind it's just such a vast place where we can find out almost anything. It's like a library of anything that we want to know about our own soul and what's going on in our lives. So how would you best describe the Akashic Records and how can we start to tune into that, to tune in what the Akashic Records hold for us and also interpreting it? Because interpretation, I feel like, in psychic work is one of the things that need a lot of practice uh, because we definitely want to make sure that we are interpreting it correctly. So how would you describe the different layers of that work? Absolutely. And this is all what I teach in my courses as well as helping you prepare to do spiritual work because where people don't spend enough time is learning how to translate information, learning the linguistics of the cosmos, as I say, because from your spirit is, has, it speaks to you in a very unique way. So you have your own encyclopedia that goes along with your spirit. And my intention is to help you build that up and understand what is my spirit telling me? How do I know what to, how do I know when to listen? How do I know what it's really telling me to do because from a collective perspective there's also this language so for instance people start to get into symbology and archetypes and and spirit animals but what a horse means to you may mean very different to what a horse means to the collective so you have to spend time spirit being like what does this mean what does this mean so i prepare people to do that work so the akashic records is essentially it is known to be a spiritual database a spiritual library a cosmic library some people refer to it as and it sits out at the top of the astral plane so the astral plane is so incredibly vast so in order to get your frequency up there you have to do a lot of work and people work on this for incarnations as well it's definitely some people come into this world and they're very drawn to the akashic records they know how to do it you know we're all at different levels of consciousness but we all have the potential to get up there and to do that work. And from a metaphysical perspective, so it sits at, at the top of the astral plane. A lot of people, though, are accessing what's also known in uh, theosophy as the astral light, which is sort of like this band of frequency that sits right below it. And it's more of a mirror of the Akashic Records. So the Akashic Records, to get there, you have to be pure love. You have to have understand your motivations. You have to understand your impulses because there's a lot of people who say they can access it but are not accessing it because what's happening is 
their their intentions are off and like i said before your frequency dictates where you go in other worlds so if you have fear if you're going in there just to get information and just to want to know things you're probably not going to actually get in there um we are so protected actually by so many universal laws that people just don't understand or there's just not enough teachings really out there and that's my intention to bring in that information but the Akashic Records really holds your soul's history. It, it says it's, it imprints everything that you have done. Actually, a good way to explain this, and I do have a video, video on this as well, is when you take an action in your life or you make a decision and um, you have a certain relationship, there's an energy that's being created. And that energy turns into matter. And that matter has to go somewhere. So it imprints into an Akashic record, the concept of the Akashic records, the Akash, and essentially it holds and pulls in all of those experiences that we have had, all of our potentials, all of our past, our future, our parallel realities. So when people read the Akashic records, oftentimes they're answering questions for people about timelines, about soul purpose, about soul signature, about... Uh, I mean, you can really ask anything in there. A lot of people also want to know about land. Like, what is the history of this land? That's a great question to go into the Akashic Records of. So in order to read it, I encourage people to understand, again, who they are and to really refine your psychic abilities because your psychic abilities are simply an extension of your physical senses and your psychic abilities are a way to interpret your intuition. So we all have our unique skill set. We all have our own psychic abilities and our own psychic senses. And the more that you practice those and refine those and, and go into the astral plane first, you're starting to build yourself up to go into the Akashic Records and to be able to really accurately translate information. So if you're pulled towards the Akashic Records, you want to learn more about it, start to spend time in your own meditation getting comfortable with your energy signature and training to speak to your spirit first because your spirit higher aspects of you are going to guide you through there and show you what you need to know um, and what is relevant to you. Amazing. If you could describe like what the experience of it is, how, uh, how would you see it? Like for example, when I think of the Akashic Records, I see, like, giant walls with, like, stacks of books for every soul and every human. But I feel like each soul can have a different experience with the Akashic Records. I feel like, kind of like when you were talking about symbolism and that a horse may mean something to you and something different to someone else. Is it the same, is it the same way with the Akashic Records? Do we the visual of it in different ways yes that's a great question and ultimately it's going to be very unique to you some people are very clairvoyant some people are not and we all receive information differently ultimately as well so when people are reading the akashic records for someone else so which is what i do every experience is different because i have my own method of accessing them and then when I go into someone's record, every record is different because we're all very different beings. Now, the way I see it is also the way my clairvoyance is showing me the information. So, so for instance, like I know someone else, she reads the Akashic records. She's also clairvoyant, but it looks different to her because our, our, our brains are going to filter it differently. 
So this is why I also teach a lot about the brain because you have to be able to receive information and translate it in a way that's accurate. And if you don't know your fundamental reasoning skills or intellectual skills, it's easy to distort information and not have it be accurate. So when I go into the Akashic Records, you know, I'm always working on my frequency beforehand. If I'm reading for someone else, I'm connecting to them and really coming into the greatest measure of love because love is the highest frequency. I mean, it's that feeling of purity. Um, and when I get in there, it, it depends. Like sometimes people's guides are in there, another aspect of them. It's so unique because every reading is different and every energy is different as well as the questions that they're asking as well. Um, so I think like the when you mentioned picturing it like a library, it's pretty common to a lot of people who read the Akashic Records. We kind of see it like a library. Um, scenes, timelines. I mean, it's it's going to be very unique to you, though, and there's no right or wrong way to see it. So I, um, I have never... I, I don't teach how to read it at this present moment. I know I will though, but I really will always be reminding people that there's no wrong way to see it and experience it, but how you translate it is what's going to be important. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's intriguing. The fact that we can all interpret it, well, not interpret it, but see it clairvoyantly so different. Uh, and I find that to be so incredibly fascinating. So I want to open this up to the viewers. If any viewers have any questions for Caroline, please comment below on the questions that you want to ask. But in the meantime, I would also love to touch on financial astrology because I've never heard of that concept until I came across your page. Um, I have... A, looked into astrology a good bit. I have um, a pretty decent understanding of it. However, to combine that with, with finances is like, oh, this is so confusing to me. <laughs> so uh, how did yeah. you uh, find this concept and how uh, can we use astrology to boost our finances? Because a lot of people really want that financial abundance in their life and there are these tools out there but we just don't know how to use them effectively absolutely so every planetary body every house and every archetype is also reflective of something going on within the financial industry so vedic astrology uh, places a big emphasis on financial astrology as they have their own really diligent, unique, very fascinating tools. I personally have not studied Vedic in depth. I'm in the midst of learning more of it. But from a Western perspective, um, how I look at it rather is that every planetary sphere is connected to an archetype, is connected to a house, which is also reflective specifically to the financial industry. That being said, we all have these magnificent really beautiful natal charts and they're reflective of our soul's blueprint and a roadmap rather that we have of understanding more of our life path and our life journey people are trying to figure out how to make money doing what they love and what they're good at and how they can feel free and serve others and live in peace and coherence and financial astrology is a great tool to do that because when i look at someone's chart I look at every planetary sphere, every aspect first, and then I start to understand the houses and see 
first the relationship to wealth, maybe ob obstacles that they have to go over to receive more abundance in their life and figure out really though what that sole purpose is, which is going to be indicated a lot in that first house of really what you're here to do and how that is going to be unfolded. Because when you can start to tap in your soul's purpose and take responsibility for your challenges and for your experiences, you're also going to be getting into that flow of working with universal consciousness. Because when you are taking responsibility in your life, you're going to find abundance come to you because this is also has to do with working with universal laws you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and taking responsibility for that but then start to connect with the frequency of money because money is simply an energy and when we can start to look at it from that perspective we can then start to see what do you love to do what are you good at and how can i make money doing that and that's what financial astrology really helps you understand because like i had mentioned all the planets all the archetypes are connected to different industries and different spheres and different ways of really taking action in our life. So when you can start to match that with the energy of money, that's your sweet spot. So I start to bring in as well um, an esoteric perspective of it too, because I always, my intention is to bring your soul into it because the more you're bringing your soul into your life, the more you're going to be living in that abundance, presence, happy, joyful energy. And when you're, following your soul's intentions and bringing its gifts onto earth, really just bringing it into your life, you're going to find your life start to change, but you will also start to attract those experiences, those people, those forms of abundance. And financial astrology is just an interpretation tool to help you understand that path. Wow. I never knew that looking at the first house gives an indicator for kind of what we're here to do. I've actually never heard that. I find that so interesting. And also, I actually had my cousin tell me once when she looked into my birth chart, uh, she said that I had Taurus and I want to say, I feel like the 11th house, but I'm not 100% sure. But I remember her saying this literally means that you are meant to make money in the home, that you're meant to work from home and be stable in that sense. And I actually really enjoy that. Like now I do sessions with people on the computer in my home. Like it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. Are there specific houses that we should be looking at or does each one have its own meaning in terms of finances? So each house has a financial interpretation. In a lot of mainstream traditional astrology, the second and eighth house tend to get a lot of emphasis on wealth creation. And that is why Taurus and Scorpio, which rule the second and eighth house, also tend to get a lot of emphasis on money because Taurus, the second house, is traditionally connected to the markets, your economical status, your profits, how you make money on your own, where the eighth house is more so your investments, your assets, and the money that you receive from outside of you. So that can be, bring inheritance, that can bring unemployment, that can bring lawsuit settlements, anything that is coming from outside of your job. Um, investments in the stock market, so, but each house though has a different representation when it comes to money and I bring in this esoteric layer of it as well. So for instance, the second house is very important because not only does it say how you can make money um, or your economical status and potential for it, but it also says a lot about your soul's gifts and resources. So the thing is those, the energy that sits in the second house and you don't have to have planets. That doesn't, it's, it's really just the archetype and the ruler you can start to look at first and then the planets as well. 
this is going to signify your soul's gifts and what your soul has chosen to bring down into this little, this low consciousness here, this low dimension rather. Now, when you start to work with your soul's values and its gifts, because it chose to come down here with those and it wants to use them, that's when you start to get into the flow of abundance because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're working in accordance with universal law and how you apply those gifts is also your potential for financial gains by applying them in the right manner. So that's oftentimes being of service to others. One of the greatest things we can do is help other people. So um, the second house is very important, definitely, in terms of financial status. Now, the first house, the reason it's also really important is because it shows your skill sets and strengths to be an entrepreneur. We all have the potential to be an entrepreneur, but sometimes we don't know what we're really good at or, or how we can start our own business. And the first house will say the nature of that and how your soul's purpose is going to be unfolded. And, and so all of the houses can touch on employees, business contracts, how the soul actualizes itself. And when you start to kind of go around the wheel, you're getting a, a big picture of your relationship to money and the best way for you to make money obstacles that you may go over because we are in this dense earth plane. A, people, a lot of people have karmic patterns around money and have to work through those. And those can then manifest as financial blocks or why people struggle making money. And sometimes those are most of the time often rooted in belief systems that they have to dive through first and reprogram and reshape so they can start to harmonize with money. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The first house too, the fact that it also holds the information for how we can be like an entrepreneur because like you were saying, we all have that potential. We're all individual souls and beings with our own gifts. And truly, we can monetize basically anything, especially the things that our soul loves to do and came here to do. And just in general, in spirituality, we see this theme of, of love. I feel like we've mentioned that word a few times throughout this podcast, the fact that being in a high frequency state does involve so much love for ourselves and that we really have to embody that before going into the different types of work and concepts that people are interested in. And I feel like we covered such a great array of topics today from source energy to astrology and the Akashic records. It was just so multi-dimensional and I love how you present everything from such a grounded standpoint like you mentioned earlier bringing what we see being up here down to earth and using it to benefit our lives and other people's and I really want to thank you for being on this podcast this was truly a unique one for the spiritual community because we really need that combination of energy work with science with archetypes and all these different concepts that you speak about and that others are starting to speak about so thank you so much for coming on here and thank you everyone for tuning in this will be uploaded to igtv on my page youtube and anchor and anchor just hooks this out to every podcast platform that you can think of. So Caroline, thank you so much for joining us today.
Thank you, Katie. It was so wonderful talking to you. I'm so excited to listen to this. And please let me know if you have any questions at all. And have a beautiful day. Yes, thank you. You have a beautiful day too. And for everyone who tuned in, I hope you guys resonated with everything that we talked about. Bye. Bye.